Thanks for checking out the Stovall Pentecostal Church audio podcast. This week's message comes to us from Pastor Jeff. We are continuing our series, Getting Over It. And if you missed last week's message, you can check that out right now. It's called Getting Over It, Getting Over Anger. This week's message is titled, Getting Over It, Getting Over Unbelief. Thank you, Lord. Getting over it. We are in a series started last week called Getting Over It, and uh, today I want to continue with part two. Getting over it, getting over our unbelief. This is what we want to talk about today. I want to just jump right into it. Mark chapter nine, put it up for me. This is a, a famous story that many of you will know, but I want to just go through it again and just refresh our souls with this uh, powerful truth of faith uh, that that we have in in Jesus. So when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them and some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so that you could heal him. He's possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground, and then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean, if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said. I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead, and a murmur ran through the crowd as people said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Amen. Jesus is just returning, if you look at the setting of this story in Mark 9. Jesus is up on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and you know the story. He's transfigured before them, and and they have this powerful, amazing spiritual experience up up on top of the mountain. And he's coming down after after this experience with Peter, James, and John, and his other, he sees this crowd, and... uh, you see, I just read the story. The father had brought this, his son, for healing. And the other nine disciples that were there were unable to heal this demon-possessed boy. A large crowd was gathering. You know one of the things that people ignore, but I love about this story? It says, the people, the people were overwhelmed with awe when they saw Jesus coming. And I thought, that's awesome. They, they, they see Jesus coming and they 
all of a sudden, something begins to click in their brain. And it, it hit me as I was going through this story again this week. Believers in Jesus are called to be people of faith. We are saved by grace through faith. We, we are to live by faith. We talk about faith. We sing about faith. But yet, but yet there's, our, our faith is still a mixture, isn't it, of belief and unbelief. It's strong and weak uh, at, at different times. It wavers and, and it's difficult sometimes to keep the faith. But we need, this story reminds us of the power and the importance of faith and, and, and just the role, the important role that it should play in our lives. We need to be serious about growing our faith and, and getting over our unbelief. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Just the importance of faith, just for a second. This man brings his son for healing. It's a desperate situation. A, a miracle is needed because there's nothing else this guy can do. There's no pill, there's no doctor, there's no potion he can drink. This child needs a miracle that only God can provide. And it, it, it struck me again, you know, in desperate times, how much does, you know, how important is our faith, really, in desperate times? You know, sometimes when desperate times come, we make the mistake of running away from God. But when desperate times come, the better, the better choice is to run to him. And how, much, how, how important our faith is, especially in times of desperation, especially when you're in a situation that you can't do anything about, that nobody can do anything about, but you know somebody who can, come on, and his name is. There's only one, and the man knows that it's only Jesus that can do it. And so it, it just struck me again, in desperate times, how important our faith is. Sometimes it's the only thing we have left that we can put our hope in. 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, it says this, if you put it up for me. 1 John 5, 4, it says, For every child of God, defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory, read it with me, through our faith. Verse 5, and who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. See, ultimate victory comes to those who believe. That's it. So it's especially important in desperate times that we hold on to faith Look at Psalm 33. These words always encourage me. Verse 18, it says, But the Lord watches over those who fear him, those who rely on his unfailing love. He rescues them from death and keeps them alive in times of famine. We put our hope in the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. Let your unfailing love surround us, O Lord, for our hope is in you alone. And I thought, man, there are desperate times in our lives, and the only hope we have is to put our hope in the Lord. In verse 19, Jesus says, he's coming down the mountain and the disciples can't heal this boy and the crowd is murmuring and the religious leaders are arguing with them. 
And he says in verse 19, you faithless people. And it just struck me again at how disappointed he was at the unbelief that he saw in the crowd. He, this, by the way, is his third year of ministry. So by now, Jesus is well known. He's done many dozens and dozens of miracles. He's, he, people have, blind eyes have been opened, lame people have been walking, demon-possessed people have been saved and delivered. They, he has a track record. He's not, he, this isn't his first time. And he, he's walking down after a powerful experience on the, on the mountain transfiguration, and he sees the people, hears the commotion, and says, you faithless people. And how disappointed he was at the unbelief. And it got me looking at the word uh, doubt and unbelief, because the Bible uses different Greek words that uh, we will translate in our English version, we'll translate it doubt or lack of faith or unbelief. But sometimes there's nuances to the words that uh, is in the Greek. Like here's one, for example, Matthew 21, 21. If you put it up for me, it says, Then Jesus told them, I tell you the truth. If you have faith and don't, there's the word is, and don't doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. Now, this word translated doubt here in Matthew 21, it has the idea of hesitating in its meaning. So he's saying, listen, if you have faith and you don't hesitate, if you have faith and just go for it, you can do things like this. And it has this idea of hesitating. Matthew 14, 31 is another one. And it says this. It's really good. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. This is when Peter was walking on the water. Jesus reached out and grabbed him and he said, you have so little faith. Jesus said, why did you, there's the word, doubt me. And, and this, this word is, is kind of like, it, it, it is, uh, it's the clearest picture of doubt, but it's like Peter's walking on the water and you know the story, he starts to look around at the waves. He, he looks, he feels the wind on his face and he begins to doubt. He's, he begins to get a little bit overwhelmed with, and, and sidetracked and distracted by his, his circumstances. And uh, this, is, this is all wrapped up in that meaning of doubt. And then John chapter 20, um, in 27, it says, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Here's the word. Don't be faithless any longer believe. So you know the story of Thomas. Jesus tells Thomas, listen, don't be faithless. Don't be faithless. It's the same word that he uses here in Mark chapter 9, you faithless people. And it seems like doubt can come in these various forms, these, these sort of different inflections of doubt. Like we can have the, the hesitating kind of doubt that he says, if you say to the mountain and don't hesitate that you can do things like this. So we have this hesitating kind of doubt when possibly he asks us to do something or we want to pray for something, but we hesitate because it feels too big, too overwhelming, maybe too bold of an ask 
We have self-conscious issues. We're too inferior to do this. And so we hesitate. And when we think this way, it causes us to pause. And when we pause, doubt creeps in. And then there's the kind of doubt that Peter had when he's walking on the water. We, we start doing something by faith, all of us, have we not? There's something comes up, you start strong, you start doing something by faith, but then you start to look around, you start feeling overwhelmed by your circumstances and go, how, what, how am I gonna get out of this? Like you begin to feel overwhelmed and then you get stuck and doubt begins to creep in. And then Jesus uses the word faithless, another form of the same sort of Greek word, and, he used, and it's translated faithless. It, it, the, the actual interpretation is no faith, faithless, no faith. And he's, he uses the word faithless in Mark 9, you faithless people. He says to Thomas in John 20, don't be faithless anymore. Every believer who has seen and experienced the goodness of God, all of us, we can get to the point where, hmm, where we can lose faith. It, ha- it can happen to us. It happened to Thomas. It's ha- it can happen to all of us. Even when we know better, even when in times of our past that we have experienced his goodness, his faithfulness, his miracles, his touch on our lives, but yet we get to a point where it seems like we're stuck and our faith is at an all-time low. It's disappeared. Our faith has gone. And now we're trying to operate without it. And it's never going to go well. Thomas said, it's interesting, in John 20, he said before Jesus told him to stop being faithless, he said to the disciples, I will not believe. Remember that? He said, I will not believe unless I see it for myself. So he was so broken, Thomas was so broken over the death of Jesus that he lost his faith for a short period of time. And he decided, he made the choice that he would not believe no matter what the disciples said, what, what, no matter what the other guys told him happened, no matter what they said they saw or what Jesus said to them, Thomas decided that he wasn't going to believe. Isn't that interesting? He stated, actually, the only conditions, these conditions are going to have to be met if I'm going to believe. He just refused. And it struck me again that faith or unbelief, it actually does come down to us making a choice. That we we can never fully understand everything there is to know about God. He is above our comprehension, above all that we could ask or think. And we, we must decide with the knowledge and with the experience that we do have, that we can have, that it, it, is this enough for us to put our faith in him? Have I, have I experienced enough? Have I learned enough? Have I, uh, do, I, do I know enough? Can I make the choice to trust him? Because it's going to come down to a choice. We can choose to trust, we can choose to believe, or we can choose not to believe. See, Jesus sees the same faithless attitude in the crowd in Mark chapter 9. He says, you faithless people. You see, the religious leaders and people in the crowd had already decided that they weren't going to believe no matter what Jesus did. It's shocking, is it not? They decided ahead of time that it was It was the way it was. And no matter what happened, 
they were not going to change their mind. And I think that's why Jesus was so disappointed. He comes down and he says, you faithless people, like how long must I put up with you? Like he was so disappointed and so frustrated that they would take that kind of position. Jesus is looking for people who will believe. Come on, amen? He's just simply looking for people who will believe. And so whatever form our doubt or unbelief takes, we need to find our way past it, folks. If we're hesitating to do something, um, if we're doubting, if our circumstances are crowding like Peter and we, uh, you know, and we're, 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 we're losing our, our faith, if something traumatic happens like happened to Thomas and our faith feels like it's been lost, we have to find our way back. And so faith comes from, where does faith come from? The word's clear. It says faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? The good news of Jesus. It comes from hearing about his love, hearing about his mercy, hearing about how wonderful he is, reading his promises, spending time in his presence. It comes when we spend time with him. So how can we increase our faith? How can it come back to us if we're struggling? We've got to do just simple things, simple, simple things. Though, like, how about read the word? How about that? How about listening to encouraging music? How about saying, Holy Spirit, I need your touch. I, I, I need, I, I feel short. My gas tank is empty. I need help. How about just that? It's an honest prayer that I don't think God ever rejects. You see, input is important. What do we say? Garbage in means, right. So when we, but when we're, when we're inputting good, then we can expect some good outflow as well. When we input an input, then the overflow, right, of his goodness and his faith and his strength begins to come out and strengthen us and everybody around us. So you can't just talk about faith when everything is good. You've got to talk about it during all the times of our lives, and especially during times of crisis, is when our faith gets tested. It's when, it's sort of when the rubber meets the road, isn't it? It's do we believe or not? Are we going to make the choice that he is good or not? Do we believe in his promises and in his love? Is his mercy new every morning or is it not true, right? We have to make this choice. And I, I, I just want to encourage you today. Don't doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Come on. Don't doubt in times of crisis, what you have known, what you have experienced, what you know to be true about the good Lord Jesus. Don't doubt in the dark what God has told you in the light. Jesus is still the champion. He is still the overcomer of the world. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. We believe it. We know it's true. So stand on his word and believe even in the times of difficulty. He is, I talked about uh, just briefly, I mentioned the source of our faith. Look at Mark 9, uh, 23. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. So it's pretty clear that faith makes a difference. Faith opens doors. It 
it opens possibilities that don't exist when we operate in unbelief. It may not play out exactly the way we want, exactly the way we think, but all I know is this, faith opens possibilities that will never exist if we don't believe. So Jesus is the source of our faith. He's a good source. He's, he's a trustworthy source. And I think sometimes the outcome or the outflow of our faith, it isn't dependent on whether God is able or not. We know he is. The outcome of our faith is dependent on our belief in his ability to do it. And sometimes faith, in fact, almost all the time, faith isn't simply believing God can. It's knowing that God will. It's not believing God can. It's knowing that he will. You know, uh, many of you know the story, and I won't get into it too long, but it, this was a huge, uh, 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 like just to be transparent, maybe one of the hugest sort of transformational things in my life that I can remember in terms of faith was this very building that we're standing in. From the day that the Lord told me that, that this is where he wanted us to build a church, I believe, and it's been a few years now, and in my, as I reflect back now, I actually believe, I could be wrong, but this is how I sense it, that the Lord actually gave me a gift of faith for this. And, and it, it, it was able, it, like it, it, that gift of faith was able to carry me through eight years of struggle. When it looked like we didn't have enough money, when there was too much red tape, when the town said no, when, you know, when environmental said this is too difficult, like on and on and on and on. I don't, there was days when I look back now and I'm amazed that I would lay in bed after a terribly disappointing day of bad reports and negativity and disappointment, and I would lay in bed and I remember thinking, or I'd wake up in the morning and I, I, I remember more than once saying, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this, but I know you're still going to do it. I just had this gift of faith that somehow, some way, it was going to happen. And I have to be honest, I don't always have it. And when, when the man cries out, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, I resonate with that so much. Do you not? Like, we believe, don't we? We know. We believe. But yet, there's this wavering, this, this other side, this... this this mixture in us that, that we can't seem sometimes to get over. But I'm, I'm, I'm asking us, encouraging us, please be the kind of person that the belief starts to outweigh the unbelief. We need to get over the unbelief part and begin to go deeper and stronger and higher into faith. It's like the fuel in our tank, is it not? It keeps you going when nothing else seems to be going right. It, it gives you strength, insight, wisdom, courage. It gives you actual courage to say, I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going to go on around me, but I know that I know that I know he said this. And I am standing on it, and I believe it. I have no doubt in my mind, and I will not, will not leave this line of thought. This is 
who we are in God, amen? We are people of God who are called to walk by faith, live by faith, sing about faith, preach about faith, encourage each other in our faith. If we don't have faith, we can't please God. We can't do what he wants us to do. We don't have the fire in our belly that will drive us forward in the midst of pain, in the midst of challenge and difficulty. Faith is the juice that gets us through this stuff. We have to have it. He is the source of everything good. Listen, he's never faced a challenge that was more than he could handle. Not once, not ever. Remember, our source of faith is in the one who parted the Red Sea. Our faith is in the one who took a little shepherd boy and defeated a giant on the battlefield. We, we believe in the one who stood in the fire with the three young Hebrew boys. He's the same one who said, Lazarus, come out of the grave. He's the same one. He's the same one. He's not changed. He's the same. He hasn't grown weak or tired or, or disinterested. He's the same. So God, you are my source of faith. You are the one that I can run to. You're the rock. If you say yes, then I can believe it no matter what anybody else says. This is how important it is. And the more we integrate this, the deeper we go, the stronger we get in faith. Man, all things become possible. All things become possible. What's a building to God? Nothing. What is this to the Lord? Nothing. He's never faced a challenge that has overwhelmed him or overcome him. It's nothing. It's, it's the, out, the outflow of our faith isn't dependent on whether God's able the outflow, outcome of our faith is dependent on if we believe he's able. And so I ask you today and encourage you, this is something really, really important. I'm going to wrap up here. Um, math, uh, Mark 9, 24, put this up. It says, the father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. See, why did he bring his son to Jesus in the first place? Because he believed, right? He knew there was no other place to go, no other source of hope. He, he brought his son to Jesus because he had faith. He had some. And when the disciples couldn't help, you know what it seemed to me as I read the story? It seems that Jesus wasn't there. The disciples can't do it. The religious leaders are barking at them, telling them you know, all these negativity things. And it seems like the father's hope just begins to slip a little bit. His faith just begins to fade just a little bit until Jesus comes walking down from the mountain. And then it says the people are, are you know, they, it, it says that they, they, uh, they were overwhelmed with awe when Jesus showed up. And I believe that the faith that the father had at the, at the beginning and then began to fade when Jesus walks into the picture, his face starts here, it goes down, and then Jesus shows up and it goes up again. And he's like, hey, wait a minute, maybe there's hope here yet. Jesus is here. He still has some belief, but he's honest enough to say to the Lord, listen, I believe, but I'm struggling to keep the faith. Your disciples can't do anything about it. Maybe, maybe this demon's too strong. Maybe this needs too deep. Maybe, maybe this one we're just not going to be able to get over. You know. And I thought to myself, 
What a, a, an, interesting, an interesting prayer, an interesting cry, right, for faith, that when we are weak, it's a good thing to ask him to increase our faith. It seems to me to be an honest cry that Jesus appreciated. He didn't rebuke him for it. It seemed like he appreciated the comment. Look at Luke 17, um, 5. The disciples, uh, the, the apostles said to the Lord, show us how to increase our faith. It's a really interesting thing. They knew even while Jesus was with them on the earth that they had to find a way to get more faith. Jesus kept talking about it. He kept teaching about it. If you have faith, you can move the mountain. If you have faith, you can do this. Just a little faith, you can do this. Remember the Syrophoenician woman who says, my daughter, Lord, and the Lord says, oh, listen, I've, just, I've been called only, only to the Jews. And she says, Lord, all I need is just a crumb off your table. Remember? All I need is just a crumb. The dogs even eat the crumbs that fall off your table. That's all I need. And Jesus says, woman, you have great faith. It is done. And, his, and her daughter's well. Like there's, there's time and time and time again, the, the disciples are seeing Jesus operate in faith, calling out faith in people. Do you believe? That, do you believe that I can do this? Yes, Lord. Do you believe? Do you believe? All the time, all the time. Faith, faith, faith. And they're saying, man, we need more faith. And they're saying, Lord, teach us how, how do we get more? How do we increase it? Like, how long has it been, folks, since you said that to Jesus? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. I want you to increase my faith. It's the prayer that the disciples prayed. It's the cry of the man who brought his son. And it is our cry too. Lord, we believe. We really, really do. But too often, we don't believe enough and our unbelief creeps in. Our doubt comes in. Our circumstances overwhelm us. A traumatic event happens and it shakes us to the core. And somehow, our unbelief creeps in stronger and sits above our belief. And the mixture is not right. We need more faith and less unbelief. And Lord, do that in me. Increase my faith. See, in these days, man, do we need all the faith we can get if we're going to accomplish the things that God is calling us to do. We don't have to worry if we have the resources or the power or the money or the influence. If God says, do it, calls us to it, then we put our nose down, start working, keep believing him for it, doors open, money comes, giftings arrive, things happen. But people have to step out in faith and believe. It, it is such a, a core, core thing that I think we miss out on too many times. We pray with not enough faith, we do everything with a little faith, but not enough. And I read these verses, and he says, man, you can do this. You can do this. All things are possible. Believe, believe, believe. And the challenge is on us to believe. And so we, 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 we just have to work on it. We have to ask the Lord for it. Please input more good things into your spirit. Please input more encouraging faith-building things into your spirit, and let the Lord build this in you. You know, Charles Spurgeon, um, he, he was a great man of faith. He spoke about faith many times, and, and I, I pulled this quote. 
He said this, he said, many believers live in a cottage of doubt when they could live in a mansion of faith. I thought, wow, wow. Many people or many believers live in a cottage of doubt when they could live in a mansion of faith. See, it's time that we ask Jesus to increase our faith. And I encourage you to do so. Let me, let me, I said I was closing, so I got to close. Hey, so the father had some faith. You don't mind, do you? Yeah, it's all right. People at home are sitting at home anyway. They got nowhere to go. And we're all here together. We're good. The father had some faith. Just look at the results just for two minutes and then we're done. The, the father has some faith and it was enough. It was enough for Jesus, right? The boy is healed. The enemy is defeated. And all the people in the crowd, whether they believed or not, experienced and saw the power of God, right? Look at this verse, Matthew 17, verse 19. It says, afterward, the disciples asked Jesus privately, why couldn't we cast out that demon? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. That's fairly blunt, isn't it? I tell you the truth, if you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Nothing would be impossible. Sometimes in our thinking, I was thinking this week, we actually take a verse like that and we reverse the order. We think that we need faith as big as a mountain to move a mustard seed when the, the actual opposite is true. So be reminded today and be encouraged. Even, even though we have hesitated when he's called us to action, even though we have doubted when we should have believed, even though we have lost faith during times of struggle, he has not and he has remained faithful. And even a small amount of faith, God can use for mighty things. Somebody said amen. Little is much, come on, when God is in it. Come on. This is the results of faith. Even faith the size of a mustard seed can be used to accomplish amazing things. So he calls us to believe. He calls us to grow in faith. He calls us to get over, get over it, get over our doubt, get over our unbelief. So I'm just here to encourage us all today. Keep praying. Keep believing for your troubled child. Keep believing for the answer to the problem that seems overwhelming. Keep praying for the healing. Keep believing for the transformation. Don't be afraid to cry out to the Lord, I believe, but please help my unbelief. It's an honest prayer that he seems to welcome. I pulled up, I don't know who wrote it, and I'm really finishing this time, I promise. But I pulled up this, uh, this it's like four lines, then we're done, okay? This little poem, uh, I don't know who wrote it, but it, uh, it encouraged me, and I want to pass it on to you. I included it in the small group notes, so if you're in small groups, you'll get this, you'll get this, uh, this poem for your groups this week. It says this, Doubt sees the obstacles, faith sees the way. Doubt sees the blackest night, but faith sees the day. Doubt dreads to take a step, but faith soars on high. Doubt questions who believes. Faith answers, I. May that be true of us. May that be true of us. 
It is time to get over our unbelief. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do it. Let's stand together. Just take one moment while you're here and say, Lord, do that in me. If you're at home today, say it. Say it too. Lord, increase our faith. Increase my faith. Oh, I believe, Lord. Help my belief to grow to the point where it is much stronger than my unbelief. Empower us, Lord. Give us the fuel of faith that would drive us forward to do great things for the kingdom of God. Thank you, Father. We do, Lord, love you. We do worship you. We do honor you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, for every believer that's in the house and for everybody that's watching, we are open to a move of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Please, Lord, we all say, come, Holy Spirit. Come into my life. Refresh me, strengthen me, encourage me. Make me a person of faith. Oh, I believe, Lord, but there are new depths that I can go to, new heights that I can still reach for. Help us to be people who are growing stronger in our faith, killing our doubt and leaning more on Jesus than we ever have before. If there's those, Lord, that are here or that are watching online that don't know you, that have never put their faith in you, then you need to know that it is always, like I say, the first step. You must come to faith in Jesus. You must make the choice to believe. You still have questions. You still have things that you wonder about. Some of those things can be answered and some maybe can't be answered. But you need to take the leap of faith and say, Lord, I believe anyway. I believe, come into my life, change me, save me, forgive me, transform me into a new person. And when you begin to take that step, that leap of faith, you'll find that He is always there to answer. He's there to strengthen. He is there to prove to you that He is real and good. You will experience His love. The, the word is so clear, if you seek me, you will find me. If you search for him with your whole heart, if you're honest about it, he is there. So if you don't know the Lord today, your first step of faith is always just believing that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the Son of God who died for your sins to set you free, that he is alive and well, and that he is the savior of the world. And not just the savior of the world, but he's your personal savior. And when you receive him, you'll begin this journey of faith and this walk of faith and this life of faith and the, the experience 
of, of, of living with him. And so if that's you today, man or woman, you're listening today, you've got nothing to lose by taking a leap of faith and asking Jesus into your life. If you're hurting, if you're wounded, if your circumstances are overwhelming, if you're going through something very, very difficult, don't let it turn you away from God. Turn your face toward Him. He is the one that can help you. Maybe He's the only one that can help you. But He is ready if you would just reach out your hand to Him. And so I encourage you today, shoot us an email, contact us off our website if we can help you in any way. But we believe, it's not just me standing up here all alone. There are people in this room that know at the very core of their being that Jesus is the way that he's the only one, that he is the savior, that he has changed their lives, transformed them, set them free, made them better versions of themselves. There are people here that would never, ever turn their back on Jesus because of what they know and what they've experienced. And you can join us and be a part of of experiencing his love and his goodness and his freedom in your life if you would just take that step of faith. And so I encourage you to do so. Father, as we close today, encourage us. For those, Lord, that are walking this life of faith with you, thank you for the reminder, Lord, today in Mark chapter 9. That yes, we are a mixture, but we are people who are called to live by faith. We are men and women who are called to grow this in a deeper way into our lives, into our spirits. And so help us to do just that. Help our input, Lord, of faith-building stuff to be greater than the stuff that we input that might tear our faith down. Lord, may we not get caught up with stuff that takes our eyes and our thoughts away from you. But may, Lord, we input things into our spirit that will strengthen us in this area of faith. So help us to be mindful, Lord, of what we're taking in and what we're looking at and what we're reading and what we're watching. Help us to be men and women of faith. Take, if we take it seriously, we've got to look at every avenue to build it and to make it stronger. And so help us, Lord, as believers to do that. If there's those that are watching that don't know you, touch them in Jesus' name. Lord, we all are standing in this room. And, and those believers at home, members and people of this church that are watching at home, we all join our hearts and, and our prayer together and say, if there's someone that doesn't know the Lord, Holy Spirit, grip their heart today. Draw them to yourself. Do what only you can do. Reach out to somebody who is in a traumatic situation. Lord, reach out to somebody who's going through something challenging. And may they know your strength and your peace today. We pray it in Jesus' name. You are good, Lord. We know that you are good. We have chosen you. And our choice is well made. So thank you today. Strengthen us, Lord. Build us up. 
and continue to use us for your glory in the days to come. We thank you. We bless you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. You've been listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. For more information about Stouffville Pentecostal Church, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week.